What's up, everybody? It's Candace O'Dre, your favorite family life coach, coming to you again this week with your Celebrity Lemonade. I hope you all had an amazing week and an awesome weekend. I am so geeked and hype about this topic today. I could not wait to get on <laughs> this podcast and talk about it because I was just blown away by just the information that was given within this topic I'm going to cover today. So to not keep you in suspense and so we can get right into it, my topic today is Beyonce plus Vogue equals truth serum, uncovering our raw, authentic selves and owning it. Like I said, I, I was just completely just so excited and happy and just yes and like all over the place as I was reading <laughs> this interview because she dropped so many gems for us and she really poured her heart out as far as just giving the raw authentic truth about what we experience as women every day. So as you guys like to know, I like to give you a little bit of background on the celebrities I cover. So here we go. So as I stated earlier, Beyonce, who is really doesn't need any type of um, introduction or <laughs> explanation of who she is, because everyone across the globe knows that she is a mega star. She's an actress. She is an entrepreneur. She is a singer, not a singer, but a singer. Um, she has become literally within I would say the past three this is no shade but the past like couple of years she's become very socially conscious and really starting to bring forth some of the issues that we deal with as a community um but she is literally a powerhouse um of our generation and she got the opportunity to recently cover Vogue magazine and receive an unprecedented full control over the shoot. So from the photo shoot to the content, I I'm serious, guys. It was literally filled with black girl magic up and through. It was awesome. Um, there was, again, so many gems. Miss B literally dropped within an interview. Like, I, I was just... <laughs> I'm still just so geeked and excited to talk about it. So, um, literally, I feel like that the essence of the whole, the whole interview was uncovering our raw, authentic selves and owning it. If you think about it, as women, we can play so many roles in our lives as mothers, wives, daughters, sister friends, boss chicks, etc. And with those roles, we are expected to be the best of the best. No flaws, no mistakes, no issues, just perfection. And while we all find out that, you know, we are moving towards that perfection, we literally see that the road is hard. We see that the road is bumpy. We end up getting all of these unexpected turns and eventually we end up hitting a dead end. And the reason why we end up hitting this dead end is because the perfection in these roles doesn't exist. It's not real. It's a true fantasy. We kill ourselves attempting to obtain this non-existent reality. So bringing it full circle, 
Miss Queen B, Beyonce, gave us this Super Soul Sunday interview, <laughs> okay, where she drops some true serum on us to make us reflect on our true beauty, our rawness, our authenticness, and just appreciating being just a woman. So what I decided to do was I pulled out three topics that I think were profound and that she hit that we all as women need to really embrace and think about. And again, just really become authentic and raw with ourselves and really start to evaluate how we're living within these topics and then owning whatever we are doing, you know, taking accountability and then hoping to move towards a positive path within these topics. So like I said, I love, I'm so excited about this. So we're going to get right into it. <laughs> so topic number one is bodies after babies. That's the, that's one of the topics that I pulled from it. And these are Beyonce words from the interview. Today, I have a connection with Today, I have a connection to any parent who has been through such an experience. After the C-section, my core felt different. It had been through major surgery. Some of your organs are shifted temporarily and in rare cases, removed temporarily during, during delivery. I'm not sure everyone understands that. I needed time to heal, to recover. During my recovery, I gave myself self-love and self-care. I embraced being curvier. I accepted what my body wanted to be. I was patient with myself and enjoyed my fuller curves. My kids and husband did too. I think it's important for women and men to see and appreciate the beauty in their natural bodies. To this day, my arms, shoulders, breasts, and thighs are fuller. I have a little mommy pooch, and I'm in no rush to get rid of it. I think it's real. Whenever I'm ready to get a six-pack, I will go into B-Zone and work my behind off until I have it. But right now, my little fupa and I like we are meant to be. So let's get into it with this true serum here, okay? <laughs> like literally, where do I begin? First, we must understand how freaking powerful we are as women, okay? Let's just take a moment to appreciate just us being these amazing creatures walking this face of this earth. We push out human beings or we get them pulled out of our bodies. And it's normal, people. This is normal. Like real human beings forming us, we carry them around in our wombs, our vaginas spread like the Grand Canyon to push them out, or our bellies are slit open to pull them out. So, you know, let's take a moment to just meditate on that, like she told us in the interview. Like, <laughs> we get organs, people, taken out of our bodies temporarily while we are giving birth to humans, human creatures, all right? Or our organs are shifted. Like, that is crazy when you sit back and think about it. So we have to, it is a must that we have to begin to praise and celebrate ourselves for the magical, amazing, dope, just, I mean, awesome beings that we are. And we also need to allow ourselves 
to be a complete mess after we experience childbirth. Like how many times have we have been expected to be Martha Stewart, Tyra Banks, and Rihanna all wrapped in one like three days after having a baby. Like, no, people, it's not going to happen. My makeup not going to be done. My hair not going to be done. <laughs> I'm probably not going to shower in, like, the first three months of my baby being on this earth. I am going to have a fupa that is noticeable. Look, for probably the first six months to the year after my baby was here, um, it it's just... This, again, this unrealistic fantasy that people want to try to put on us to say, this is what you should be. You should have your makeup done. You should have your head done. You should be looking bomb when you're giving birth to a human. Like, y'all gonna hear me ramble a little bit in this. So I I appreciate y'all being patient with me. But again, like I said, I was so excited to talk about this today. I'm going to stay on track, I promise, but it's a lot of things that I want us to really think about. So I don't know where this trend came from, but I began to notice that a lot of women now literally get their makeup done and hair done for delivery. If I showed you guys pictures of me, (laughs) especially after my first baby was born, You would have thought I got electrocuted. You would have thought I haven't slept in like 18 months. You would have thought that like somebody put a bucket of water on my whole body because I was sweating like crazy. Like it was a mess. And you better believe I was taking pictures still, holding my little bundle of joy at the time. It was my son, Andre, and was smiling my behind off because I just pushed a full human being out of my body (laughs) I could care less about my hair my makeup I could care less about what my body look like like it is crazy to me but now I mean you're literally seeing women taking pictures after they didn't push the baby out and they makeup is beat hair is all together it's like girl how where when how you do that (laughs) for me candace low dre all of my babies it wasn't no makeup done my hair was in a pony i got a little better after i would say the last two because i have three so the second one i i i peep game a little bit and now you know at least got my hair brushed (laughs) before I took a picture. And the third one, I was able to, you know, brush it a little bit more into a nice little ponytail, you know, dry my face off a little bit and look a little better. But as far as full-blown makeup and having hair done and stuff, nah, Mm mm-mm, nope. I I want y'all to understand what giving birth to a human being looks like in all of my pictures you get the full picture (laughs) but again it's not about the fantasy that they put out there it's about the real authenticness of the experience you know we have to be able to be okay with saying hey Look, I just gave birth. I'm cool on the trying to impress everybody out there on Instagram and Facebook and 
Twitter and everybody named Mama on social media because I just push out a helmet. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to impress y'all. I'm trying to get y'all to see that this is real here. And the beauty of it is I just gave birth to a child that is going to hopefully impact this world one day. That's the beauty of the picture. Not my face, not my hair, not my outfit, having matching pajamas with the baby and stuff. No, it's about, I just experienced something that is the most life-changing, magical, amazing thing on this earth, which is childbirth. So that's the beauty that we should all, including as mothers, pay attention to when it comes to childbirth. So again, it's not all about the, it's not all about the, (laughs) what the pictures is saying, you know, it's about really just being authentic and real with ourselves. Now, when we going into about the weight gain, my story is similar to Beyonce's after my third child. Um, I never had a C-section, but I end up gaining weight after my third child, which was a shock to me and honestly other people around me because I've always been skinny. I wasn't super skinny, but I always was skinny. <laughs> I was, if I know average is very warped as far as what our society considered the average weight, but I, I was small. I was on a smaller side. And then out of nowhere, you know, I had my first child and I was cool. I was able to drop that weight. Look, with no problem after my second child, it was the same thing. And then when I had my third, the weight's kind of started to take his time coming off, which was, again, a surprise to me because I never exercised. I never ate right. And when I say ate right, I wasn't a health freak, but I do try to eat in moderation um, as far as different foods. I never really was into junk food and stuff like that, which helps, but I wasn't a health freak either. So, therefore... You know, I I was eating the same and <laughs> I was, you know, doing my same routine and the weight just kind of stayed. And then it seemed like once I turned 35, whoo, not only did the weight not leave, but the weight started coming. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. Like my face started getting fuller. My arms started getting fuller. I, I do appreciate the little booty that my weight is giving me. My thighs is getting bigger. And so I'm like, hold on. Like clothes I used to be able to wear since high school. I can't wear them no more. <laughs> I used to pride myself on that. Like I had jeans and had shirts and stuff from high school that I was still able to wear in my 30s. And then when I turned early 30s, I should say. And then when I turned 35, that way was like, no, ma'am, no, (laughs) ma'am. They are going to go back in time like (laughs) high school is. You are not going to be able to wear these anymore. So it began to wear on my conscience because you know how a family could get, you know, uh, I come from a black family, as black as they can get. And they will tell me like, Ooh, Candace, like 
I see you picking up a little weight there. Ooh, you know. And we see Candace getting a little booty. Now, that compliment was cool. But, you know, I got my grandpa telling me, oh, yeah, you looking fuller in, in, in a lot of areas, baby. And got my mama telling me, you know, yeah, you getting thick, you know. But with the undertone of like, girl, you 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 uh kind of <laughs> you kind of follow by the wayside. They know that undertone. They give you like, ooh, you getting a little bigger. Like, yeah, like okay, you picking up some weight, but it ain't looking all that great. That's what I kind of came to a place of just starting to be self-conscious like man like I'm not the skinny girl no more like people are starting to notice that I'm getting bigger and then I'm around different friends that are still itty bitty and I'm like the big girl compared to the skinny friends I'm like hold on (laughs) wait wait when did this shift so again as like Beyonce said She said in this moment, she decided to, after she gave birth, she just decided to just do a whole lot of self-love on herself and self-care. And I realized that was my remedy too. Love on myself more than anyone else can. More than my husband can, more than my kids can, more than my parents can, more than my friends can. Love on me the most just like Jesus loves me thank you daddy so (laughs) and again enjoy every roll enjoy my little fupa enjoy my thick thighs all my cellulite look my jiggly booty and love it all you know because it's all a part of me and tell myself how hot and fine and cute and amazing I am every chance I get. And I'm telling you, it works. You know, when we depend on, honestly, like interviews like this to kind of give us a pep, which is great. It's awesome because like I said, I was excited that she was putting that, she's putting this true serum out there. But when we're depending on celebrities, when we're depending on our husbands or our wives, or we depend, you know, this is speaking to those that have partners, you know, we depending on um, our boyfriends and depending on our family and stuff of our good sister girlfriends to always pep us up. It it ain't enough pep up in the world from them. (laughs) And when you get in that place of really starting to recognize that your body is shifting and it's changing into something that you're not used to. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be able to be comfortable and say, I am fine. I look good. I am amazing with all this weight. I am gorgeous. I am the bomb.com. That's where you have to be because, again, depending on other people to do that, it's not going to be enough. It would never be enough. You have to see yourself as God sees you. And he sees you as a perfection, okay? He sees you as a beautiful, amazing, wonderful being that is a part of him. And so when you begin to see yourself like that, that's when all those insecurities and all of the worry and anxiety and all of the second guessing just starts to just wither away because that confidence starts to get up there to the point where it's like, oh, you can't tell me nothing. Oh, that little comment. 
oh, mama, that you good. Like, okay, I, I thank you for the compliment. Like, uh, oh, granddad, that little, uh, <laughs> that little shade, I see you. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> you, those things don't even begin to bother you. So we really have to begin to love on ourselves more and better than anyone else can. So let's move it along. We got another topic. I said I covered three. So the next topic she covered that I wanted to, you know, highlight was breaking family cycles. Now, in Beyonce words, she says, I come from a lineage of broken male-female relationships, abuse of power, and mistrust. Only when I saw that clearly was I able to resolve those conflicts in my own relationship. Connecting to the past and knowing our history makes us both bruised and beautiful. I pray that I am able to break the generational curses in my family and that my children will have less complicated lives. Here's the true sermon. How many of us continue the cycles of our parents, our grandparents, with our own children, or with ourselves? Take some time to think about that. Even when we notice it, we still kind of take a back seat to it and hope it will fix itself rather than doing the work and trying to make a change. Now, I put my story in there. I came from a family where men were less dominant or non-existent. Therefore, my marriage, instead of treating it like an equal partnership, hey, I was the captain and my husband was a passenger, okay? (laughs) I was driving that marriage, like whipping it, look, doing, making all the decisions and he was just second fiddle. But... Our beginning of our marriage was very rocky. And I I can honestly be able to be transparent and say that because of that very factor. I came into the marriage with a very independent attitude and it was literally all about me. And as soon as he wasn't in alignment, it was like, okay, like, you do you know who I am? Like, do you know I can walk away from this so easy because I got an army of women behind me that will let you know how terrible you are, that will talk with me about how terrible you are, and that's going to support my desi- my decision to divorce your behind, look, insert claps, <laughs> and that would, you know, be all for it. And that was the totally t- just terrible perspective to have and in going into a marriage. Like, oh, at any moment I can walk away. Any moment I can do this by myself. Any moment, like, you know what? It was good while I lasted. But, you know, I'm independent and I've been raised by independent women and I've seen them do it so I can do it too. Mm-mm. It didn't work. It, it, it didn't work. And we had a lot of rocky moments. But eventually... When I began to be real with myself and began to really analyze like where this mentality was coming from and how it was hindering me instead of benefiting me, I was like, oh, I need to make a change here. (laughs) I need to tweak something a little bit. And that's exactly what I did. 
And finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to do the work. I'm going to have to not just say it and do it. And when I did that, I began to treat my husband as my helpmate. I began to treat my husband as my partner. I began to treat him as my equal. And literally not somebody that was beneath me because that's exactly what I thought he was. And when you witness that from a child to when you're an adult and nobody checks it, nobody. (laughs) Everybody around you in your circle, including friends, because they grew up in it too. It's like, that's the way it's supposed to be. You like, oh, well, this is reality, right? Like, this is cool. This is where it's at. This is how it's supposed to be. But we never look at the bigger picture when we look at all our aunties and even our parents, you know, even our mothers and the grandmothers that are all divorced or they have marriages that are like literally hanging by a string. And anytime you see them with their husbands, they're like always in conflict. You know, nobody talks about that part of it. We only talk about, oh man, my auntie is so independent. She do whatever she want to do. Anytime her husband try to ask for something or try to check on something, man, she make him feel like he is beneath the earth, okay? Like he is nothing. That's what I'm talking about. Oh man, you know, my, what you call her, my mother's always been so strong. She is an amazing woman. She can do it all by herself. She don't need nobody, which is cool to a certain degree because sometimes as women, we are put in those positions without us trying to help it or aid it. (laughs) And we have to be stronger. We have to be independent. We have to move forward no matter what because we are sometimes put in those positions by whoever the man that we decided to get with. And they didn't decide to live up to their responsibility. But what about those women that have good men that are trying to live up to their roles as being husbands, but they are with women that are so independent that they can't even see it. Like it's just non-existent to them. That's who I'm talking about. That's that group that I'm talking about. Not our single mothers that, you know, unfortunately went into a situation with a man and thought that they were going to have a relationship or even be able to co-parent on a decent level and the dude sucks and is not living up to their role. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about the ones that have men that go out and provide for the household every day. Men that, you know get do, do the flowers that do the romantic stuff that <laughs> treat their wives like they're queens but the queen mentality in that woman's head is like no one else matters but me that's who I'm talking about so when I grew up around women like that that's what I thought I was supposed to do And so it ended up causing conflict within my marriage. Now, don't get me wrong. Although that that was a flaw of the women that I grew up around, they are still amazing women and awesome women. They just got flaws like we all do. And that's one of them. (laughs) But again, I had to do the work and I had to realize, oh, 
well, this ain't gonna work in my marriage. This could work in y'all's, but this ain't this ain't this ain't for me. And once I did the work and I realized that, hey, it, it's been happily ever after ever since. So again, going back to the title of this podcast is uncovering our raw and authentic selves and owning it I had to uncover that I had to begin to evaluate and see like ooh, this is where my flaws come from and I had to own it and say all right uh I see I see I see what you're doing God like (laughs) I thank you for showing me now I'm about to own it and I'm about to do the work to make it right so I hit you with another one I also have a generational curse when it comes to my children and how I handle them. And this is me being transparent and being my raw, authentic selves by letting you know. I'm a screamer. I'm a yeller. And I handle my kids sometimes like they are little adults. And I don't realize they're just children. (laughs) And this is something that maybe just saying it, it don't sink in at first as far as those that are listening. Because, again, we grew up in households where it's like, oh, everybody screams. Everybody yells to get their point across. That's just how it is. That's passion. Look, <laughs> that's that's just you being passionate about what you believe in. Oh, you know, kids, they don't listen. They, they don't hear, they, you know, they do stuff repeatedly after you tell them not to do it. But guess what? That is what kids are supposed to do. They've never been on this earth before. They, they are learning from the adults that are around them. And I've had moments where I would scream at my kids And this is the first time I'm telling them like, oh, you aren't supposed to be able to do that. Or, oh, you shouldn't have walked that spot. Or, oh, you shouldn't have played with this thing. This is the first time I'm telling them. But in my mind, I'm expecting them to know better. And that's a mentality that you should have with an adult. Somebody that's been on this earth, that made all the mistakes, that had someone tell them X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, you should know better. But I'm talking about children. All kids under the, um, my kids are all under the age of 10. And so I would literally scream and yell at them for things that, I expect for them to just know. But I grew up in that. You know, I I can remember multiple times, like, just sitting back as a kid and thinking, like, dang, but they never told me I couldn't do that. So why they yelling at me like this, like I was supposed to know? Like, man, like, did she really have to go in on me like that? (laughs) Like, I'm just a kid. (laughs) But again, when we grow up in that and everyone around you makes it seem normal, what you think you're going to think when you get older? That's normal. That's how I'm supposed to be. That's, that's how I'm supposed to act as a parent. That's what I've witnessed all my life. So that's what I'm supposed to do. 
But we never have these conversations with our parents or our grandparents where it's like, hey, you remember when I was a kid and you used to like yell at me a lot, (laughs) like a lot for the smallest thing, like I didn't get you a cup of water, like within 10 sec within five seconds and I got you the water in 10 <laughs> like little stuff like that you know or I need help with homework and I've never really done this before you an adult and you supposed to know how to do it and you screaming at me because I don't understand like we never have those type of conversations especially within I would say our culture as far as my black community you know because that's 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 against the that's like an unspoken rule like you don't talk about your parents parenting because they could do no wrong especially when you come from single mothers and stuff like that I mean there's so many layers to it like you don't do that but we got to get to a place where we do we have to because I will say personally for me I never will expect for like my mother or my grandmother to be like oh you know I, I you're right I did do this and I am so so sorry like I know that conversation ain't never gonna happen but it's also to bring to light like you know that was that was kind of whack <laughs> that wasn't cool but I still turned out great but it still wasn't cool and so as a parent I'm gonna try to do better or even understanding when you have this conversation with the, your grandparents or your parents, like, where was that source of anger really coming from? Because I'm going to be honest, again, this is all about being raw and authentic and owning it. You know, a lot of times, my anger don't have nothing to do with them. I'm upset because we got bills and we ain't got enough money to pay for them. I'm upset because... I ain't get my coffee at 10 o'clock and it's uh, <laughs> at 10 a.m. And it is like 12, 15 in the afternoon. And I'm stressing. <laughs> like, I'm stressing. I'm, I'm My anger is coming from that, you know, I had an argument with my husband the other night. And we ain't still move forward from it. And they decided that they wanted to eat up all the ice cream. <laughs> And so mommy don't have her little ice cream to be able to cover up all her issues and pain and worries from that uh, argument. And now I'm mad. And now I'm screaming at the kids. You see where I'm going with this? So it's like we have to begin to start recognizing the source of our anger and why we're projecting it on our kids. I actually did... uh, um, series on this uh, about a month ago um, on Facebook talking about how we project our pain on our children and we do you know we we as women go through a lot and we have a lot of emotions and we have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of times our little ones are right there they're just right there in our faces to the point where it's like I don't have nobody else to get this anger out on, so it's got to be you. Now, I'm definitely not talking about as far as going as far as being violent to our children, meaning physically hitting them and things of that nature, but yelling at your kids can be emotional pain for them. Remember, you are their 
source of life. You are everything to your child. You are the reason probably they wake up. (laughs) The reason why they go to sleep. Like you, they came from you. So the connection that you have with your child is just almost unimaginable. So when they have to look up and see something that they think is close to Jesus, screaming at them about something that they just made a simple mistake on, just sit and let that marinate and think about how that feels, what that looks like from their perspective, from their eyes, looking up to you. That is what hurts me the most. It's just imagining that pain or that hurt because we all say it as mothers like we oh I would I would do anything for my child. I I oh my gosh, I I never would ever hurt them ever in life. Like they are just the most amazing creatures on this earth. I could never do anything to hurt them. But yet, you screaming at them every five seconds about stuff that, again, as kids, it's natural, simple mistakes. So I had to, again, I had to reflect on, one, where that anger was coming from and why, you know, I'm screaming and yelling at them so much. Two, about, you know, how that makes my child feel, putting myself in their shoes, And then I had to do the work. I had to do the work. I had to say, you know what? I know this is what I'm used to in growing up. But I have to recognize that eh, this is a problem. And again, this is for me. That's why I said this is my story. There are literally Facebook groups for yellers and screamers that think it's all good. And it is for some people. <laughs> like, So I'm not coming against nobody that is a yeller and screamer and scream at their kids and yell at their kids. But again, it's about understanding where it's coming from. You know, I, I personally, again, being transparent, I don't have an outlet. You know, I am a work-at-home mother, so I am with my kids all day, all day. And I'm their source of entertainment, I'm their source of food, I'm their source of, (laughs) I'm their source of everything. And so, and that can be mentally and physically exhausting. I'm their chauffeur, I'm their therapist, I am their doctor, I am their look teacher, I am their chef, I am playing all those roles within the span of 24 hours. And that could be exhausting. And so there's moments where I I am at a I'm be at breaking points and I'm just like, oh y'all about to have it just because y'all blinked the wrong way. But again, you never want those breaking points to be detrimental on your children to the point where it hurts their self-esteem and it hurts their confidence. And it's like, well, if I'm, I can't get this source, get the source of love and comfort and nurturing at home because I'm always getting screamed at, I'm definitely not going to get it out there in the world. So what do I do? And I never want my children to feel lost like that. So again, this is for me. 
that I recognized that it was an issue for me to where I am actively, presently, as we speak, working on how I communicate with my children and how I communicate with my children and learning how to do it better. Because, again, I remember how it felt when I went through it. And it wasn't good. (laughs) And it, it didn't feel good at all. And till this day, I still, to a point, suffer from insecurities from that. Not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough, not feeling like I can speak up for myself because I'm nervous about what the repercussions is going to (laughs) be. I don't want nobody yelling and screaming at me, so I keep it cool and I keep it, you know, I I, I stay low. But nobody should have to live like that. Because again, going back to what I said before, we are all amazing, wonderful, beautiful, unique creatures walking around on this earth. And we should let our light shine as bright as possible. So again, it's all about doing the work, recognizing your mistakes, finding solutions, and applying them daily. If you can't work at the problem, the problem will continue to exist. Quote from Candace Lodre. So moving on to the final topic that I pulled from the interview, which was appreciating our journeys. Now this is in Beyonce words. I've been through hell and back and I'm grateful for every scar. I have experienced betrayals and heart heartbreaks in many forms. I have had disappointments in business partnerships as well as personal ones. And they all left me feeling neglected, lost, and vulnerable. Through it all, I have learned to laugh and cry and grow. Man, that's powerful. That's so dope, man. I just, (laughs) I love every single word in that sentence, okay? Every single word. So here's the true sermon. Listen. As women, again, and I have to continue to be repetitive in saying this, we have a lot on our plates. And we're expected to be these superhumans that have to live up to these society-like fantasies. And it can make our journeys rough, okay? (laughs) Like, our journeys can have so many bumps, twists, turns in a row and we almost to a point never feel like we can get that shiny straight black perfectly paved road ever and so when I thought about that because I I, you know I, I do think about my own personal journey and stuff and I'm like man I just had so many challenges and hiccups and ups and downs and like twists and turns and curves it's like why can't stuff just be simple like again why can't I just have a nice shiny black roll that they just poured down and it's all pretty and black and it's smooth and it ain't messing my cup and I ain't gotta worry about no potholes and nothing like that that's where my mind goes And then I sit back and I'm like, ooh, but won't that be kind of boring? 
Like, it, it'd be good for a while, and you'd be cruising on that road, and you like, oh, man, I'm just so happy for this break. Oh, my gosh. Like, man, it's just like I can just go smooth sailing on the road. But then you continue to cruise, and you continue to cruise, and you continue to cruise, and then it gets kind of boring. Because then you're like, man, when the next turn going to happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> when the next right or left about to come up? Is there going to be a dip in the road a little bit? Like, I mean, we just going to go straight all the way through. So when you think about it like that, it's a beauty in that. Because you are, at this point, prepared for like the bumps and the turns and the curves. So when the right does come, it's like, okay, since I've had such a bumpy road at the beginning and in my past and I learned from it, okay, I know that this right about to happen pretty soon. Or, okay, since I had that dip, you know, about an hour back, I feel like, okay, it's going to be another dip probably coming up. So I'm prepared for it. So, and the whole perspective of it, or looking at the full picture, our journeys are amazing because of both the good and bad. It's great because of the moments where we have that is smooth sailing and we can just cruise down that road. And then it's also great because we have a couple of twists. We have some turns. We have a little windy road a little bit. Maybe hit a pothole every now and then to kind of jerk us a little bit. But it all it's all in expectations of what's next to come. Like, okay, I went over this pothole, but I know it's about to be smooth sailing because... You know, they they fixing up up there a couple of blocks up. So I'm good. Or now I'm prepared because I've seen signs of this happening before. So I'm prepared for the next right that's about to happen on the next left. So I'm good. So we have to begin to appreciate everything that happens in our journeys. All our failures, all our hiccups, all our obstacles, all our challenges. Because they prepare us. For those great times where it's the triumphs and it's the accomplishments and it's the goals achieved. It helps us to appreciate them more. It helps us to celebrate ourselves more. It helps us to learn lessons on not only what we can do for ourselves, but teaching others. Being an example. Showing others like, I went through this. So I can help you take another route that you don't have to take the route that I took. So every part of life is a blessing, no matter if it is a challenge or it is a triumph, no matter if it's a trial or it's a celebration, it's all a blessing. And we have to get into a place where we embrace everything that comes in our life with gratitude and with appreciation Because there's somebody out there that didn't get that chance. There's somebody out there that wished that they could be in your shoes right now. There's somebody out there that didn't wake up this morning and can't say, thank you, Lord. I appreciate everything that I've went through from birth till today. Appreciate it all because they're not here. So we we have to be 
appreciative of our journey because it all leads to an amazing destination that will bless us in the end. So that's it, y'all. <laughs> that is it for me. I, again, just in reflections of even reading over the parts of the interview that Beyonce um, gave or the content um, within the interview, it was just so powerful to me. And I really hope if you did not get a chance to read it, definitely head over to Vogue um, on their website and, or get the mag actual magazine. I don't know how many people actually read <laughs> magazines anymore. Everybody look at it online, but if you get an opportunity, opportunity, definitely read the full interview. It, again, I, it was just so much dopeness throughout it all. I, it, it really did, um, just brought a joy to my spirit because it's, it's really nice to see, especially individuals that are looked at as perfection and that can do no wrong to really talk about raw and authentic things that every day women go through. And it's like, if Beyonce going through that, look, <laughs> shoot, I need to wear my little red pumps and my sunglasses and strip myself down the road because I'm doing it. Look, if she can do it and she didn't went through her drama, I know I can do it. So we, it, again, it's just a dope interview. So definitely go over and read it. Um, I hope you guys got some stuff out of this. Uh, listen to the podcast again. It was some gems in here. I say get a notebook, write them down. <laughs> Empower yourself. Know that you are amazing, that you are great, that you are unique, that you mean something in this world, that you matter, that you are a dope individual, and that this world would not be the same without you. Always have those thoughts in your head because that is exactly what you are. And we need to continue to have those thoughts in our head daily because that is exactly what we are. That is exactly how God sees us. He sees us as his beautiful masterpieces walking around this earth and hopefully giving him the glory and sharing our light with others. So you guys can catch me. Um, on my hub at www.candislodre.com. You can find my books. You can find my apparel, merchandise, um, blog. You can find everything, services from me on my website. Um, on social media, I am at the C as in cat, L as in lake, brand.com. So at the clbrand.com, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I am on Facebook. So again, I truly enjoyed this podcast. I hope you did too. I look forward to next week and I hope you guys have an amazing weekend.